Good morning and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Wheel. I'm your host, Derek Rivi, Oxvideo, D-Rock, D-Livingstone. And today we got a special guest. He is a husband, a father from Fresno, Dallas, now residing in Brownsville. That's Texas, not Brooklyn. Give it up for my man, Jason Reinhardt. How you doing today, sir? All right, thanks for having me. (laughs) Thank you for being so gracious to be on our show, man. I appreciate it. Not a problem. What what is the weather like down there in, in, in Texas now, man? I mean, well, our our part, the south part, which is the very very tip, it is always hot, but it's also very humid. So heat index is going to be like a hundred and hundred and five, and humidity will be at least sixty five to eighty five percent every day. Hundred and five. Oh man. How, yeah. How do you train in that weather, man? <laughs> uh, actually, you know what? Ironically, I. I lived for a while where it was colder when I lived in Virginia, North Carolina. And I remember my father was from like the New England area. And when he moved south, he said, you know, you get used to that warm weather. You get you're not used to cold weather. And I thought that was silly as a kid. But as an adult, he's right. So, like, I can I'm I'm so well acclimated to the hot, humid kind of weather here that Mm -hmm. if, you know, if I go up north and it hits like, you know, 45 degrees, I am like. To, I don't. I can't stop shaking. So it's it's it it totally wore off on me. So like snow, I love it, but I'm not as I'm not actually as good in that. So uh, <laughs> so I'm more used to the the warm weather. The the training here for for things like that it really is uh, it's the conditioning because it's not just humid and hot. It's windy. We live in a flat mm-hmm. area, so 12 to 20 mile an hour winds is a normal day. So it's not like a big deal. So. So it's, you know, it's, it's miserable. <laughs> you train inside a lot if you can, but most of the time you just get used to it. Gotcha. Before we get too far in, I got to know, are you a D&D fan or are you a five bucks man? Ooh, um, I'm a D&D fan for sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I am. Uh, did, did you wind up getting the, uh, the Convars? I want them. I'm, I'm always going to say yes. But I've been a Dunkin' Donuts fan since I can remember, so I like their coffee. I think they actually have the best coffee. Mm. So okay, so I wanted to get you on to you know find you know share your story uh, with our audience. I became familiar with you uh, through mutual friend Khadija, who actually I guess was in South Africa, running in in, in some of your gear. But before yeah. we get to that, won't you tell the folks a little bit about yourself? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think you kind of did it on the intro. I'm I'm a uh, married my wife and i've been married 21 years almost 22 years uh we got two kids both older our youngest just started his first year of college like last month so we're kind of empty nesters uh mm-hmm. my wife's a registered nurse works pediatrics and i used to work in the healthcare arena doing medical staff plans and designing medical staff plans and trans transitioned into the clothing uh, and apparel business. I, I was in it like 20 years ago, um, mm-hmm. but you 
couldn't raise a family like new like if you didn't have a break in there so that's why i kind of took a break from that and now i'm, I'm back into it so that's kind of my cliff note version i guess <laughs> the cliff notes version. yeah oh, okay. yeah i'm not an i'm not i'm not like a high-end athlete so uh i've done a lot of racing um i've competed in you know a dozen 13 iron full iron man and i don't know how many halves more than that obviously but um mm-hmm. but i'm never like on the podium i'm not uh, you know, as I tell somebody, I'm going as fast as I can out there. So I'm not going, <laughs> I'm not going any, you know, I'm not walking it out because I want to, I'm going as fast as I can, but I'm not as fast as those, those guys that are. In- You've won your age group, um, a couple of times, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. Nothing in like the, like on a massive race. So like yeah. Olympic distances and sprints. Yes. I've won, I've won several of those, but I've never I've, my best ranking, I think, was 18th or 19th place in a 70.3. So that would be about as close uh, to the podium, I think, as I've come in an Ironman, which, by the way, was phenomenal for me. I was thrilled with that. Like, that was not, like, uh, uh, disappointing. <laughs> so, uh-huh. uh, so did you start off as a, a triathlete? No, actually, interestingly enough, my, my um, background actually was I started out going back into cycling. My mm-hmm. my uncle is a world record uh, uh, cyclist. Uh, he holds multiple world records for long distance riding. Uh, back in the eighties, he went and rode from Savannah, Georgia, to San Diego, California. He's done it. What's his name? Michael Coles, and okay. and he holds every year. He kept breaking the record, so he'd done it multiple times actually. And that's that's kind of what I mean. I was in elementary school. That's kind of what originally started me wanting to ride a bike. Uh, and then kids came and then once they got a little bit older, I, my brother called and said, Hey, there's this crazy race. It's called the hotter than hell 100. It's a hundred miles in a hundred plus degrees. You want to do it? I was like, yeah, you know what? I'll do it. And I didn't even own a bike at that time. So it was like in May, <laughs> May, he called me and the race is in August. Uh, wait a second. You're doing a race. You didn't have the bike yet. <laughs> no, I didn't even have a bike. So like, it took me two weeks to figure out what bike to get. Cause I had not owned a bike in so long. I didn't realize there were so many different brands and so many different types of bikes. I was like, Ugh, I just thought I was going to go pick up a bike <laughs> like most people, I think. And then so I wound up getting a bike and I trained for two months before I did that. And I was in terrible shape. When I say terrible, I mean like horrendous shape. So I was not like going to the gym or physically fit, but the bike changed that. Like I dropped unbelievable amounts of weight um, mm-hmm. in two months and I got pretty strong pretty quick so so and went and did it and it was it was the hottest on record it wound up being 102 miles and it wound up being 111 degrees with the heat index at like 120 125 so uh yeah it was quite miserable but like i said it all depends on where you're where you're from if you're from new york that was probably the most miserable experience i saw a lot of people there but when you're from where i am you know it's just another day that's hot yeah it's just another hot day (laughs) so what bike did you wind up uh, getting i actually wound up riding on a bianchi that was my first road bike back that was what my uncle raced on so that was the only bike i really knew that i liked and i liked the colors the celeste Mm -hmm. green so i went and found a bianchi and that's what i wound up riding on and it was actually find out later it was entirely too big for me so i was like uh I was never comfortable. I just thought everybody was supposed to ride that, that like the, the pain I felt was normal until I had somebody that was a bike fitter and a mechanic who was my size and went and took it for a ride. And he came back and goes, you've ridden how many miles on this? I was like, I don't know, three or 4,000 by now. He was like, 
that's the most miserable thing I've ever seen. You're t- this, is a, this is the horrible bike fit for you. <laughs> I just thought that's how everybody felt. And when I got a new bike and got fitted properly, I was like, wow, this is incredible. Like, I, I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know everybody didn't lose feeling in their fingers. I just thought that was normal. So, uh, oh, man. Yeah. So I got pretty fast at the bike. And one of the things I'm, I like endurance. So I, I guess I just like long distance. And I think the reason I like long distance mostly is because maybe where I'm at my age, I'm, I'm pretty good at suffering uh, pretty well. So when I see everybody kind of get miserable, I'm kind of motivated. Like I can, I can just kind of block it out and push through it. So gotcha. that's what got me into the long distance. So I transitioned over to triathlon. I think that's how most do. You know, I saw it. I, I could swim. Um, my dad was a collegiate swimmer, so I just knew how to swim since a little kid, but I didn't know how to swim for distance, just like 50, hundred yard sprints and stuff, but I knew how to swim. Um, so the swim came kind of natural and then the running, which is what I'm terrible at and what I hate. And as I tell everybody that knows me knows if I ever tell you, I love running, I'm lying. Like, I don't think they, they, they always told me if you, once you get good at it, uh, you'll love it. And I remember my first real good run. I came home, looked at my wife. And I was like, I had an unbelievable run and I still hate it. They are absolutely wrong. I hate it. <laughs> so what is it you hate about it? Is it just, <laughs> it's just that constant pounding, um, yeah. compared to it's, I don't know, just a constant pounding. The scenery doesn't go by fast enough. I just, and, and maybe because I'm not fast at it, even when I was mm-hmm. fast at it, it just didn't feel you know, nothing hurts your body quite like running, like swimming. You get like a tired fatigue kind of tired, um, but it's not a pounding. And on the bike, you get strong and your muscles are definitely sore. But man, running is just pound, 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 pound. And it's just it's it's awful. Uh, yeah, I don't think I've changed my opinion. Yeah, I'm pretty consistent. It's awful in every way. <laughs> <laughs> I got to run in a, in a few. and I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. Am I going to be thinking about this? I'm probably hearing your voice. I'll, I'll block it out, the pounding, pounding. Yeah. You were running, what, Newtons at one point? Oh. Yeah, it's actually, actually, yeah, and I did like the Newtons. So I ran in the Newton e- Distant Elite. Um, mm-hmm. And it was interesting is because I've never been like a super lightweight. So I, I'm, you know, I'm 5'7", and my comfortable race weight for me is 158 to 162 and that's where I, I feel like I still have all my power but I'm not super skinny I mean there are people are like 145 but but those are real thin shoes like they're 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 basically just flat run shoes yeah but for some reason those were the ones that man I could put them on with socks without socks and they just felt good I mean they just felt good to to run in them yeah. so uh and that's hard. I didn't realize how hard it was to find shoes that don't that don't hurt. You know, something's everything's going well. So and I can't run in all the Newtons. The distance elites were the only ones I was able to run in. So got you. Yeah, I, ha- I had a few pair. I still got a few pair of Newtons. Kind of like the brand was like, you know, and they just came out with the, the little lugs underneath. And yep. <laughs> it, was a, it was a sensation getting used to. And but um, yeah, you you um. Help with your form, help with your form and cadence, and I was like, oh, okay, I'm geeking out now. But yeah, yeah you know what? That's actually true, though. It really did. I think the lugs in the front, if I have to give it the most credit, is it did help you mentally kind of pay attention to your form because you were like, I should be hitting lugs first, and that's when you start to realize, oh, my heel striker, oh, it shouldn't be. It's it just kind of I don't know. It was like having uh, just a little constant reminder in there for that. So now you had this bug in the back of your head to design and. Life happened. So, what was the transition like that got you out of um, out of that mode and into 
picking up this uh, passion that was on the shelf? Well, I had um, originally looked at doing uh, bikes, like carbon parts. And, and at this point, I mean, we're talking about seven years ago. Um, it wasn't as prevalent. So like there weren't as many brands and everything in there. So I started that out. And like any normal company that you're going to do something, you're going to buy or design T-shirts or things that, you know, to help promote your brand. And what I had realized was the carbon market and bike market, that is, there are like five dominating companies. And to break into that, you either need to have an unbelievable large investment, a pile of money to really kind of really bear in there or mm-hmm. or you're you have to have something different, special, something that's kind of separates you that's, you know off the chart, like your lugs in a shoe, something that, you know, you immediately associate with your, with your brand. And I didn't really have that. I just had really good, high quality parts. And I felt I had them at the best prices, but that doesn't get you into those distributors. However, I had made a lot of custom gear to help promote Mm -hmm. the brand and the custom gear just started taking off. So the designs were doing extremely well. And I just kind of went back to, you know what, this is, this is the part I enjoy. So um, went back to doing designs uh, and then just kind of building it up from there. Uh, and it's kind of, I guess, I guess it just kind of snowballed in that aspect. So I guess, yeah, that would be, a, you know, picking out some. So so dropped all the bike parts, everything else, and really just focused mm-hmm. on the clothing. And that wound up doing well. Uh, I was When I did this, I slowly transitioned into it. So I was still doing the staffing because I wasn't sure if there would be the financial viability to do it. So I just finally kind of like as my kid left, you know, I, I kindly let go of one to finally pursue fully another. So that gotcha. just happened over the last couple of years. And you but you've been designing um, some some kits for a while now. Yes. Yeah. I've, I've been doing design on the kits oh, uh, since 2000, I think 2009. Or 10 was my first kit design. Yeah. Uh, and previously before that, I had done design work um, like for for shirts and things that were all sublimated and stuff that, you know, when somebody was looking for something that was kind of different out there, you know, out there, uh, that's that's what I was kind of known to always do. So what kind of started back is I really like it, but I can, can't do it more as a hobby. You know, I can't support just family doing that turned into a much better deal. Um, and I'm good at building supply lines. So I was real good at, you know, building relationships with uh, suppliers and stuff that I had built long-term relationships with and try to grow, you know, the right way. And so then you, um, how did you and uh, Khadija come cross paths? Well, it's an interesting story. Uh, actually, she was racing with, uh, and she's sponsored by uh, F2C Nutrition. Um, and I have known uh, Greg and Glenda, the owners of F2C Nutrition, for, I guess, three, a little over three years. Um, okay. And so they were... They were actually trying to get something done with another, you know, a competitor of mine, and it didn't work out the way it needed to. So they reached out to me and uh, told me what she needed, and that was absolutely right up my line of what I was wanting to do. So meeting her and find out what she needed, and we, you know, we really kind of just drilled down. I met with my pattern designers, and uh, we really wanted to make sure we found something that fit what she needed as far as like a full covering, but not uh, something that would kind of, you know, something that would be able to justify changing the rules. And and we did. And we did it in a, actually quite, you know, in a lot of ways, they'll say we did it in a record time. We did. However, I had already been working uh, on a hijab in a full covering type of suit for a long time. It was mm-hmm. just finding somebody that 
you know, was going to let us try some things out that would be able to give us some really good, honest feedback that would help us improve it. And she was she was perfect for it. So it, it's, it's fantastic. I think she's awesome. Great. Yeah. What would make you want to uh, design a, a, a kit with a hijab? How did? Well, originally I was partners with another company and uh, as a company, we had made a hijab for uh, um, Sharin Geronimi, who was racing the Ironman Kona. Um, so that's kind of where it originally had started. Um, and what was interesting about that was, you know, Sharin was not looking, she was, she was doing the world championship, but she wasn't looking to be an Ironman dominating triathlete or anything. She's, she's, you know, going to, she's somebody I, I obviously going to be on to climbing some of the highest mountains or whatever she's going to be involved in for some amazing life experience. So, mm-hmm. so once that was done, it's kind of the, I would say the first with the worst, uh, it's how I describe it. You know, when you first make anything, no matter how great it is, you're always, you're always going to look at it from an angle of, man, this is how we improve it. That's how everything's improved. Phones, bikes, cars, you know, everything. It's, it's all improved that way. But for her, uh, I didn't really think we would ever get <laughs> another hijab. So I had made, um, full length kits, but the problem was getting the compression to where it wasn't below the elbow or below the knee. So how do you fully cover and not compress that that part? So there's no way of saying, oh, this person has a competitive advantage. And at the same time, you also don't want to do something that hinders their ability. That there lies the the trick (laughs) is to be Mm -hmm. able to meet those two. Um, So so that was kind of how that really started um, from there. And I really thought uh, I had talked to other women who were interested in covering, but Nobody was really interested in pursuing it until I had met Khadija. And she, she liked me. She was like, I want to change the rules. And man, I'm, I, I jumped right on that train. I was like, let's do it. So we contacted Iron Man and said, what do we have to do to make the change? Not a change like uh, an exception. Oh, this athlete or these athletes get exception. An actual rule change. How do we, how do we accommodate that? And they told us that, well, the first step is to contact the ITU because their rules are our rules. So that's the first move. And I guess either things don't typically move rather quickly or people don't think I would be able to get in touch with somebody that quick. And in a matter of two weeks, we were already talking and having back and forth communication with the board members for the ITU. And we're still working on it. It's tabled right now um, for an IT rule change to 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 find a way to see if there is a way to make it that it can, people can race fully covered because it's not just uh, as we had discussed is it's not just for Muslim women. You know, there are people out there who have skin, you know, they you know, being out in the sun, you know, my my as I told them, my wife's a big proponent of uh, sun cancer. She's like always going to be covered everything else. So if she raced. That's going to be a big deal. So. Hmm. Why can't she, you know what I mean? That's a real issue of being, you know, with, with, with that, how can that not be part of it? And so my thought on that was, that's kind of where we started. They've been great, by the way, the, the people we've dealt with with the ITU have been rather amazing and faster to respond than I had ever thought they would. So things look like they're, they're moving in the right direction for that. So we'll, we'll see how that all works. I know we're tabled to be talked to uh, with two different committees that we were told with as far as reviewing it and how they can do it. so That's all right. So yeah. the kit will definitely have benefits beyond uh, just suiting the needs of, of, of Muslim women, but also some health benefits for those concerned about protecting their skin. Yeah, I have, um, I have athletes. Like right now I have athletes that are racing in Kona, and I had one reach out to me immediately and say, hey, can I, I, 
I get a kit made with with sleeves, full sleeves. She didn't really care about the legs side. Um, she was more interested in just the sun protection. She's like, I don't want compression, but, you know, 2.4 miles in the water directly into the sun with the water reflecting, that's a lot of sun on your arms. I just want the sun protection. And uh, and so that's actually, I, I actually have a lot of those, uh, more, more queries about that. So that's not really for... You know, that's not going to be a competitive advantage. Um, it's it's just for that. But that's actually more of where kind of, you know, the, I think there'll be a lot more of that, you know, where people can put on sun sleeves in transition. It's 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 ironic that it's we're only really talking about the swim. I mean, really mm-hmm. think about it. If you got out of the swim, you could put on shoes, helmet, a parka, a wetsuit. You could put it all on and go ride your bike. And you're nobody's going to say a thing. Nobody will say a thing. You get off your bike. You can change into, you know, windbreakers. You can put a wetsuit on for your run. If you want to do it, you can. There's no rule that says you can't. So we're really only talking about the swim. And that's it's it's quite unbelievable that in all these years, that's the one area that (laughs) it's the one area where they you know kind of draw a hard line. Uh, So. So that's what I think that I think it, like everything else, just rules evolve. And I'm hoping this yeah. one evolves the right way. You seem pretty passionate about it. So that, that's that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. I like to see so something how, change. How, yeah, definitely. Now, how did you get connected with Iron Man Cowboy? Uh, Iron Cowboy. Um, Iron Cowboy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, persistence. You know, when you design medical staff plans, like so my background, it. My background from doing healthcare um, medical staff plans and, and recruiting, man, it became a huge benefit in this market. And the reason is because I dealt with executives at, at hospitals and health systems all the way down to, you know, clinicians. And so they're the most um, demanding of their time. You know, they, they, they're very hard to reach. They, they, they have every gatekeeper, everything in the world. And they're going to tell you no a thousand times. And I've just, I've, I've never bothered by that. Like I don't take any of that personal. So mm-hmm. my rule has always been, uh, actually I've never told this to anybody out loud, but, but I always say that there's five no's. Well, we're like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so my rule is, pens, that, that's it, man. So my rule in, in, in work is five no's will equally yes. You know, you're going to learn from everything that somebody says no, um, but that no doesn't mean no to me always means no at this moment. So I will always reapproach and figure out why. And if I can correct that, then maybe there's another reason why there's a no. But I always believe that you can get four no's. And Iron Cowboy, he, uh, that guy, he absolutely pushed me off. Boy, he pushed me off for well over a year. But I, I, I felt I was very persistent with him um, to reach out and get to him. So I'm and, and he's one of several that I, I do that with because, you know, when I want to work with somebody, if I can see that there's a, a mutual benefit that we can try to work together um, and cross promoting, it works out well. So it, I think, I think a lot of people, by the way, were surprised on that one. Um, and I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't as surprised. I just, I just knew we'd be a good fit uh, to work together. Um, so I went after it. So what keeps you in your head in the game after a year of hearing no, not now. Um, well, all right. So that actually here's a, where it is, is my answer to that is kind of the simple of I, I'm well, it's not. No, no is, is a normal answer. But the question mm-hmm. most people forget to ask is why? 
Um, I'm, I've, I've liked this brand and I've used them for years. They've been good. I like my sales rep or I like the pricing or I like the, the, so all of those go into a fact, uh, into a factor. And, and what can I, if you're, if I'm not evolving, then things don't change, you know, then the same no should be no. So one of them as an example was team stores and design work and, and software. So I do have a pretty strong software background as well. So what I've been working on for these stores and especially in the last year is automating. So, mm-hmm. you know, so captains, leaders, people, you know, imagine having a team of just a hundred people, right? That's, that's a lot. And then having to take all the orders for all those people, gather those orders, process them, getting them check out and everything else, knowing who did and didn't order and getting it all done. That's a lot of work. Uh, I now actually am just launching a new system that automates all that. And it makes it so easy for the, the manager captain to be able to know who who's bought what when, you know, just to manage it all through there with a bird's eye view, as opposed to having to actually go size people up, you know, collect money if they need to do it, distribute it, you know, do all of that. But they can see in real time their numbers. And that's that's a big deal. Uh, so I've partnered with a software on that one. And then I also have a 3D design software that allows people to go in and actually design uh, their own design. You can put your colors, you can put logos, you can put name, you can do it all right there online without having to even talk to somebody. And that, that design can wow. be produced. So... So now you make uh, kits for, uh, not kits, but but running gear as well, correct? That's correct. I do. So we do cycling, running, uh, uh, swimming. We do have some, our swimwear is looking to expand, but we do have uh, one-piece swimsuits for women. Uh, We're still testing out some new uh, two-pieces, and we have jammers and briefs for men. Uh, That's good. And it's just not, so it's it's just not black, which is, which is a good thing, yeah. And, you know, it, interesting, interesting you mentioned that. So when you go back to it, like uh, the hardest thing to kind of get people to understand is darker colors used to mean, well, if it's darker, then the sun's going to make it hotter. But actually, we use um, uh, we use a couple of different technologies that we, we licensed for, with. And one of them is to have that coal black um, from a textile company that's in Switzerland. And what it is, is you can wear darker colors, but the way the coal black um texturing goes on to that onto the fabric the textile actually doesn't absorb the heat so even though you're wearing a dark navy blue or a black or just every dark color you can think of you're actually not absorbing the sun's rays the same as you would so even though you'll feel like the heat on your back because you feel the sun your body's actually mm-hmm. not heating up and that's one of the things we've been working really hard to make sure that all of our items kind of fit into that area yeah because Khadija was like yo i was I'm in I'm in South Africa with this suit on and I felt cool. Yeah. 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 We had a pro athlete actually that was racing in Spain and uh, I had to keep telling him because he had a dark kit on. I said, look, on the run, historically, you unzip. OK. And you're going to want to. Your brain's going to tell you to. It's what your condition. Don't unzip if you unzip and the sun hits through there, you're actually going to get warmer. And of course, I got to call. Uh, later after that race that said, uh, I unzipped on the run. I could feel, <laughs> I could feel my body heating up and I pulled the zipper back up. You were right. Yeah. You know, like those are, you know, <laughs> those are the things that that's Don't the hardest unzip. part. <laughs> uh, uh. So, oh, yeah. So, so that's a, uh, you know, those new, new different, um, types of same thing for the run. Let me tell you something. 
triathlon's difficult, cycling's difficult. There is nothing in the world more difficult than run shorts. I, I could pull any 10 runners in and you're going to find that they all have a complete different idea of what run shorts should be. And none of them are going to match. Like they're either going to want the shortest inseam, a little bit longer inseams, much longer inseam, no pocket. They'll want <laughs> stretchy waist. Some don't want anything under inside of it. You know, no mesh. Uh, some, it's, it's insane. <laughs> like I, that's the hardest market if I had to say out of all of it, run shorts and run tops are, ugh, they're, they're so hard. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. There's no one size, there's no one size fits three quarters of the market kind of like design <laughs> on that. <laughs> so. Well, definitely got to get something different, man, because I, I see, if I look through my running gear, it's like, okay, this is pretty basic. You want something that, that it's got some designs and you looking at some of the kits, you, you have uh, some amazing kit designs and, where would folks go to be able to uh, get in contact with you if they wanted to get kits made for their teams? Or Well, that right there is the easiest. We have a uh, just right on the website, peaksapparel.com, and you'll see it just request a design. And when you do that, the rule on that, I always tell people, is the more you give, the better it is. And one of the questions, you know, everybody always asks is, you know, what do you like? You know, and I actually do. I, I, of course, ask it. What do you like? What colors do you like? What don't you like? But actually, to me, the most important thing is, you know, colors you don't like. And I put it in there, you know, because mm-hmm. you might like blues, you might like red, you might like black, you might like white. But if you tell me I do not like polka dots and I do not like pink, that's that's definitive. You know what I mean? Like that is very good information to know. It's when somebody the hardest or when somebody puts a request for in and says, go for it. Whatever you can think of crazy as can be. Uh, it's like, yeah, but my idea crazy is your idea crazy. You have a couple of ideas like that you can show me that like give me some perspective of it. So once I get that, we kind of drill down. Um, on what people are, you know, what they're really looking for. Some are looking for a lot of complexity and some are looking for, man, they're just looking for a clean, clean, simple design. So, uh, and we can handle it all. Mm -hmm. Do you have any minimums? Uh, No, we don't. We do have uh, substantial price breaks. Now, that's one thing that is very different um, for us is we have price breaks based on initial orders um, and, and as little as five. But the nice part being that those price breaks, they lock in until design change. So if you have five, uh, as an example, tri-suits, the price is going to go down substantially, and that price locks into design change. So if you add somebody to the team, they can order one, and that price is at the discounted price. Uh, the, you know, So that mm-hmm. stays in, into effect. And that's one of the things. We do have team stores, like I was mentioning before, and you can run reports. Um, if teams want to do fundraising on their team stores, we can do all that as well. We make it rather rather simple. Um, and we're we're really really developing that uh, more and more as we go. So tell me, is that a is that a uh, a donkey on your uh, spe- that was on your specialized bike with boxing gloves or? or? Uh, yes, on my specialized <laughs> bike. That's exact. It was actually a kangaroo. Uh, the donkey's on my, uh, my my yeah. The donkey is on my new <laughs> at this wheel. Um, but yeah, I had a boxing kangaroo. Um, and that I mean, I'm real big and matchy matchy. As I I would say. I always get I always get compliments when they're like, I love your disc wheel. I love your bike. I always tell everybody some of us can't be the fastest. Some of us just have to look really good while we're out here. So I know which one I'm I'm shooting for. (laughs) 
looking really good while you're out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, but you, you think about your, your kits that you didn't, you're being, you know, modest. You don't make just make kits for pro athletes, top end. You make kits for, for, for everyday triathletes, which is, uh, yeah, that's actually, I'm glad you mentioned that. That actually is, I think what makes a significant difference. If you look at, you know, where we, we do have kits that are on pro athletes who are, you know, first out of the water or, you know, one of the first off the bike and fast runners. So I know our kits perform, but realistically, that's less than 1% of the market. Um, we really cater to the rest. So everybody has a body type and we have sizes that will fit a four-year-old tri-suits all the way from four years old to six XL in adults. And we really make sure that our patterns are designed to fit the majority of body shapes. That's why if you go to our page and it kind of scrolls through the pictures, you really see each type of body and each type of athlete that we would kind of cater to. So it's not as intimidating as I tell somebody is when they talk to me about grams, I start laughing. I'm like, well, if I didn't eat those M&Ms, I'd say the same grams are trying to sell me on lighter weight, you know, bite components. I'm like, I know what I ate last night. I'm the one that's not aerodynamic. <laughs> not the bike. Yeah, the bike's just fine. I'm the un-aero un individual. So, um, mm -hmm. but I just want to make sure we always cater to have, uh, to really kind of have fun with it. We do have some new things that I can't say yet, but we'll be launching in uh, end of October uh, for a huge announcement. And I really think that's going to be something that's going to, uh, it's going to, I think if, with, if it goes right, it's going to shake things up a little bit and be a lot of fun. And that's the whole goal. Make it fun. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, your personality show, you know, shines through in, in your work. You were talking, telling me about this technology where you, you, you were scanning body types at an expo. Yeah. So one of the things um, to to kind of contend with is, you know, how do you hit like for me? I mean, you know, I wear my weight in the middle. Um, so people have different body shapes, whether you're shaped, as I would say, you're shaped like a tomato, whether you're shaped like a pear or, or if you're shaped what I've heard several times, I'm shaped like an ant, you know. Um, so those types of bodies, it's kind of hard. The, the most important thing is how do you find one pattern? that caters to the most types of different body structures of where people can grow. And that's something I think we have absolutely worked on to perfect that. And the only way we could do it is we set up a 3D body scanning um, at a, a, a fashion uh, expo. And there were over mm -hmm. 10,000 people and just basically just asked to run them through the scanner because that way we could get a, a, an algorithm going on what type of body shapes most, you know, what shape everybody is, which which pattern does that. So sending that and designing a pattern, that's where we kind of cater to, to where the panels really help. If you're a pear shape, if you're skinny, you know what I mean? We, we have our suits designed to grow with the way most people could possibly grow. And I think that's a that's something most people don't focus on because if you go to every competitor, you're going to read aerodynamics. It's lightweight. It's, you know, made by champions uh, or, you know, it's like, yeah, but, you know, Bob has a real job and so does Susie Q and they want to ride on the weekends and they want to have a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's if it's one ounce heavier, I don't think they really notice it <laughs> on a full tri food. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's kind of to me knowing my market better. But that that software like that, that scanning was significant. We changed. I mean, we had a dramatic change to our patterns based on the, all of that information. That was that was a huge factor um, to help. And as a result, most things fit. People are really pleased with the with the the way it fits and performs. So, so what what advice would you give to to someone looking to 
figure out how they would discover their passion? Uh, if you don't, you know what? You should love it's the love hate thing. You know, it's like that moment where I would say, oh, I hate triathlon. I sure would like to do another one. <laughs> you know, um, I think most of it is to if you want to find your passion, uh, you really have to kind of take a step back and block out the outside interference. Um, one of the things I see a lot and it happened to me is, is it's just getting burnt out in something you do that you enjoy. And a lot of it is. Because you, you set too much expectations, and if you set realistic expectations and just kind of don't forget to have fun, like that's what we celebrate, just, just don't forget to have fun. Michelle Vesterby, who I, I just absolutely think is spectacular and pro athlete, when she always says, you know, just keep smiling. I mean, that, that girl goes through like it's brute force and determination, but I, I like that philosophy of keep smiling. It's just, uh, um, I don't know, it's just think at that, that part, if you're, if you're not having fun, why do it? This is a hobby. For you know, for for most of my clients, so uh, mm-hmm. if you're going to do it, then then find a way to enjoy it, and and if you can enjoy it, then and don't do it the way other people want. Whatever makes you happy, do it. That's the way you're supposed to do it. So if you're not the fastest, but you're having a great time, then you're doing it the right way. Like it's it's you know, kind of listening to yourself. So I guess that's it. I mean, like that would be my way of thinking about it is, you know, you know what? I'll give you a perfect example. This is the best analogy. So people, I get asked a lot, you know, what kind of bike should I get? You know, what, what bike should I get? What bike should I get? And that's a real common question for people who don't own a bike. They always want to go ask somebody, you know, what kind of bike should, would you recommend I get? And my answer is always the same. There are a lot of bike companies and they all make really good bikes. For the most part, they do. You need to figure out what kind of riding you want to do and obviously make a bike, you know, get a bike that caters to that. But mostly, if you want to know what bike is the right one for you, if that bike's sitting by the door and every time you pass by it, you're like, ooh, I can't wait to ride you when I get you outside. That's the right bike for you. It's it really is. That's why there's so many different colors. You know, that's why my disc wheel looks the way it looks. I'm like, I'm, I'm amped up to show off my disc wheel. That's the right bike for me. So that's why I tell people the right thing for you is what gets you excited to do it. And, and a bike, like, they would all be black if they were, you know what I mean? If it didn't matter, <laughs> there would be yeah. so many varieties of bikes, um, colors and options. That's why. So my thought is, think of it like that. If you if something makes you excited to do it, that's your passion. You know, if you need a green, you know, bright green or a burnt orange, whatever it is that you're like, that's my color, you know. That that's the yeah. bike you ride, man. That's that's the one. The one's going to get you on it the most. That's the one you ride. That's it. <laughs> so. All right. Thanks so much, Jason. You're Thanks welcome. You. All right, Derek. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your day. You too. <laughs>